Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently-minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. In this episode, we're joined by author Mark Anthony, who's in the process of writing a trilogy of supernatural thrillers, the first of which was released under the title of Lit, and the second one, Lit Ascent, is coming later this year. Mark, thanks for joining us, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, I was born in the UK um, 21 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, moved to Australia into Melbourne when I was um, when I was a very very young boy, uh, and um, eventually made my way to Perth, Western Australia, where I've been for over twenty years now. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I've predominantly worked in healthcare. I was and still am a nurse. Um, worked in a variety of different roles within healthcare, and uh, I live with my partner in um, in the city. Yeah, fantastic. Normally, so you moved over to Perth about 20 years ago, you say? Yeah, it was a long time, long time. I came over here originally to uh, study and never went back. Yeah. Good work. And have you been writing that whole time or is this a, a new venture for you? Or how did you get in for writing? Well, I've, I've always been, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've always been I, I, writing, I think more so the storytelling <laughs> as a kid as well. Um and I think uh, inspired by, you know, I had attempted to write things in the past, um, and uh, but a lot of them were, were um, well, you've, you know, you've, you've got work and you've got things that get, get on top of you, and I never actually completed anything. Um, however, yes, I've always loved writing. Oh, good work. So in this book, Lit, um, obviously it's a memoir about nurses, I'm guessing? Absolutely not. So how did you get inspired to write supernatural thrillers? Funny enough, I actually originally um, years ago, I when I was when I was a child, (laughs) and I mean in my mid twenties, you know, I I used I used to pen um, quite almost like gentle G-rated fantasy type stories. I I don't know why. I think uh, years ago I, I I had three children. So um, it seemed inappropriate and I, I could tell them stories and I could write stories for them. Um, but I, I always did like the, I always liked the, um, the intensity of, of horror or thrillers. Um, and uh, I had played with this idea that I'd been having um, since I had a, a nightmare about the concept of lit. Okay. And um, playing with that idea in my head over the course of about 12 years, I think. Um, I think I wrote the first half of the first chapter about three times in those 12 years, but never finished it. Actually, I did find uh, about six months ago, I did find the first original chapter I wrote back in 2013. And so, much? very different. Oh, yeah, very different. Roughly the same idea, but but quite different. Yes. Um, so when everything happened with COVID and so forth, that's when I started writing. 
Okay. So for those that haven't read the first installment of Lit, um, in a nutshell, what's the book about? The book is about, um, it's based in, in, um, in any, any city, any urban area that, that rains a lot, atmospheric, <laughs> um, in modern day. Um, and it's about people who have these, uh, an infliction of a, 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 um, a supernatural entity that is attached to them, that uh, when they get angry with somebody, uh, it uses them as a means to take that target to hell, effectively, where they remain, you know, um, immortal and tormented um, for for the rest of existence. It's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> um, there is, uh, as I, as I said to one of my, um, as I, I I've responded before, that death in my stories is actually a nice thing. Death is a way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. If you're lucky, you get to die. Um, so and, and that's the concept of it. So it's about these three these people, and um, who live this way um, and how they deal with it in various ways, um, and and also and growing the universe from there. So and, and that's where I am at the moment with the second book is introducing uh, a more bigger bigger world for these misfits to actually um, to belong in. Okay, so with the three books and the fact that you've established your own world rules and there's things that characters can do and can't do do you do a lot of plotting is your is your office covered with plot maps uh, or do you make it up on the spur of the moment probably the first one a lot more um i think uh the first one is your first big project is when you're you're planning the most because it's also new to you um, your writing style is new to you um you the atmosphere you're creating you try to keep consistent. The characters um, are new to you. Um, even though I had a rough idea and I still, you know, you have an idea of where it is going to go and you have the main events in your mind of where you want it to get to at different stages. I think that can change. That can change and morph as the story goes on, especially when you get to know, when you get more familiar with who you're writing about, with character and, and, and the way storylines are going and the natural flow of what you're doing. Because remember, you'll create law. Um, and that's the issue with fantasy, with anything that has a fantastical edge to it. If you're creating a law, then you have to be consistent. And if you're not consistent, um, there has to be a reason why. Um, it's actually a big deal if you break those rules that you've made up in this this own this own uh, personal universe. <laughs> actually, that's very true because if you've made up your own rules and then you break them from chapter three to chapter seven, people are going to start commenting. Oh, they notice. Mm. It's the other thing about character. You've established characters that are fantastical and have got supernatural powers, but you you've also got to stay within their their traits, their character capabilities. Who have you been surprised by as a character that has taken on more of your book than you maybe expected them to? Or who's your favourite character? There is a character in the book uh, that's probably that progressed and was actually the hardest, to, I thought would be the hardest to write. And that was um, the eight-year-old boy, Joshua. Um, I wasn't sure about introducing him in the beginning because I had concerns of how do you incorporate an eight-year-old boy into this nightmare? Because they're not actually, um, they're not, they're not powers. It's very much a curse. 
Um, there is no win for them. Um, once a year, um, every year, your own um, your own monster comes for you. Um, so it's it's and that's how they meet. So the the book lit is actually based around the these group preparing for that one night of the year when they are actually themselves become lit, which means that they are then visible to these creatures that are around them and can be harmed. Um, so trying to fit this little boy into that, um, it was actually a lot easier than I thought in the end because little, you know, eight-year-old kids are quite wholesome and they're quite, we've all been eight and we can sort of relate to how they think and um, sliding him in and he became a very, very popular character. The little boy, it was all like the little boy, oh, the poor little boy. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was very, very sad. Um, but um, but um, I do enjoy writing him because it's like he's a, a little a little uh, you know I found that I found that fun um, even in the worst times. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say that you enjoy writing him, are you writing in a set schedule? Are you are you religiously up at eight o'clock and writing to midday, or or is no. it? My, my schedule changes. I think you ought to be very flexible. Um, I, I do write. I think it's important that um, you start writing um, regardless. So I'll get up in the morning and I'll start. Uh, whether the natural flow hits you on that day, I've had days where I can sit there for eight, ten hours and just go and go and go. And it comes from, um, I don't even know where that comes from. It's a good day. It's a good day. I've also had days where I've got up and I've, uh, I've you know, changed a sentence around, deleted a word, and then sat there and stared at the screen for three or four hours. Yep. Um, so it all about, and it, it's quite, um, because it's, it can be, yeah, I don't know what makes, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but for me, it's not, it's, it's, it's either on or, and if it's off, you, you, you keep going anyway, and that's it. Um, because funny enough, it, it does still, it does still come to you, even in the moments that you feel it's not. And you can edit that after. You can go back to those bits where you you're not sure if you are completely in the zone, but you you can definitely feel whether you're in the zone to write or not. I just don't put it down for any extended period of time because I'm always worried that you wouldn't pick it up again. Well, there's a great phrase that you can't edit a blank page. So even mm. if you only put a paragraph down, at least it's something to play with. Yeah. So do you have a quirk? Do you have a, a certain place that you write or a certain cap that you wear? Is <laughs> any of these? Very cold here at the moment. It's very cold. <laughs> yes. Um, and I've got very little hair. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, well, I usually write. I have a, I have a writing room. Um, in my house, I'm quite lucky, and I've also building a retreat in the country to to write in because um, I live in a, quite a big house, but in the middle of a city, right. so not particularly quiet. And I, and I am I'm quite weird like that. I, I can either become totally distracted by what's going on around me, which I think in part is a bit of me making an excuse for not getting anything done, or um, <laughs> or um, you know, sitting sitting in a cafe. I, I occasionally will sit in a cafe down the road with my laptop and drink copious amounts of coffee um, and write. So is that your go-to drink? Copious amounts of coffee. You're not you're not a Hemingway. No, it's, it's iced lattes usually. 
ice lattes and my and I have particularly exactly how I have them <laughs> and that's how I start my day off so I don't even start writing until I've had my until I have my ice latte it's terrible it's terrible so you've brought the book out the first book has been out but we're um book reality are actually bringing it out as a second edition prior to your second one coming out why did you choose to publish independently why why are you not pursuing the big traditional publishers? Um, I think that there was a couple of reasons. Um, initially, I never, I didn't know whether I intended on, either, uh, on, on even putting it out um, in any forum. I wanted to finish it. It was quite, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a selfish endeavor. Um, and um, when I actually did that, I started looking at some, well, what were my options? It was traditional publishing, hybrid publishing, or um, self-publishing. Uh, there was so much to learn, and it's such an overwhelming task. The one thing I was sure of is I didn't want to lose control, whether that be create, um, creatively. Um, I, I wanted to have control of what I'd done. I didn't really, I didn't know how any of those mechanisms really worked anyway. Um, and I wanted to keep my own copyright. I wanted to um, be more involved in the process. Um, and it, it's quite soul destroying. And I think, was there an element of impatience about it? Possibly. I mean, you got to remember also that, you know, you look at, um, you know, you look at traditional publishing and, you know, your, your manuscript can end up going into a slush pile that's thousands deep. Um, you have to be what a particular publisher wants you to be at that time. And um, I, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to do what I did um, and do what I do, do the best me, um, bring it out and, um, and also market it largely uh, myself which um, was a lot of fun, but so much to learn, so much to learn. But then in going that, I get to keep control and I get to keep my work, which is important to me. So for anybody starting um, down that path, what would your sort of two or three essential pieces of advice be for them? For self-publishing? Well, for doing the pathway that you chose, for looking after yourself, for making sure that you were responsible for as much as you could be. There is a lot of learning to be involved in doing it. It was a completely different, a different uh, ballpark to anything I've done in the past, and there was a, and that there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. When you've, you know, when you've come from working in an arena where you know the ins and outs intricately to a completely different industry, so forgive yourself if you do feel slightly overwhelmed. Um, and keep in mind all the time that what actually makes you a writer is that you write. Mm -hmm. It's um, that's it. Um, you'll find your audience, and you will find you know you will find your place, and your voice is uh, unique. Um, remembering, of course, that it's not always about um, it's about producing the best product that you can produce. Editing, really important. You need an awesome editor. You need a great proofread um, because if you don't edit and proofread, um, and this is before you even consider sending it out to anybody else, 
then um, then the reviews will indicate that you didn't edit or proofread. <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> and they're not kind about it. Um, so make sure, yeah, um, be kind to yourself and just, just keep writing and avoid the, uh, unfortunately, when there's a people with passion, there's, there's people with a scam and the industry at the moment, and we all know it, is quite rife with, with, um, with companies who are waiting to, to take advantage of people who um, think that they're the next best thing. So I would think that a good piece of advice is a literary agent and a publisher will never cold call you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> never. They don't have to. Um, and, um, every, yeah, so keep, keep an eye out for that. If the company is asking, if a company asks for money um, uh, via email or via phone call or via for a service, first of all, stop and think, you know, what part of this can I actually do myself is really, really important. It's all about quality. It's one of the reasons that we established Book Reality was because of the amount of um, predators that are out there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. People who have, have written a book are, are fairly self-conscious about it, but to be approached by a company uh, in a cold call fashion is, is the biggest red flag that you can have. Um, yeah. There are very reputable companies out there. We like to think that we're one of them. Um, but you have to do your research. You, you can't be going yeah. down this blind alley. Yeah, I agree. And remembering that once you're one, especially I think once your book is out there, um, your details are out there and anybody can, can get them and um, they can find them. They will find you. And uh, I, I've actually I put up with that a lot with the first book. Um, and now it's been mentioned that I'm producing that the second one is is coming to is going to be released. Um, that that started to happen again. So, but you know now it's um you know it's all, and they will actually make you believe that you were the one that put the query and that you were the one that were looking for them. That they'll market you and they'll and the truth being that you know tr even traditional publishers don't unless you're unless you're one of the the, the big guns they don't have a very big marketing budget you're not no <clears throat> um but, you know unless you're jk rowling uh, they're, they're, or someone like that they're, they're not going to pour millions of dollars into promoting you yeah. so um yeah so with regards to you've you've had a book published mm. um what was the best moment happiest feeling best thing that came with that book did you did you open the box and take the book out and there was a hallelujah chorus? No, I tried to pretend there was so. Uh, I remember it arrived and I opened it and I pulled the book out and it was a hardcover and I um, I sort of went yay, um, <laughs> but I was actually terrified of it, terrified of it, um, because that's your that's your all your hard work. That's the um, that, that's months of your life and it's a very personal thing to do so I tried to I was like oh look everybody here but yeah um that and I, and I didn't actually open it for for weeks if not months I left it sitting sitting on the shelf and I wouldn't open it um it wasn't until the reviews started coming in the good reviews started coming in that I actually felt genuinely 
happy with what I had done. I'd done my best. And, um, and it really does qualify that when other people are really, really, are really enjoying it. So that makes a big difference. That's when I started to feel proud of what I'd done. I was always proud of the work I'd put in, but you don't know. You, you don't know how it's going to be received. You're not, you're not in control of that. Um, yeah. So was that the best moment, the first very positive review that you got from a review? Yeah, when, when the reviews were quite, when the reviews were positive, when the reviews were positive, that was when I started to feel happy about what I had done. Because you can get people to tell you, even your, you know, I had an editor who told me that for the first one, it's really well done. Oh, this is really good. This is, you don't actually believe them because we like to give ourselves a hard time, you yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> and we do, we do. Um, and also, you know, you're not very good at marketing yourself as a person because, you know, you, you sort of see that, you know, especially people like myself, we, I'm a nurse, man. We don't market ourselves. We don't sell ourselves, you know. Um, so, it, so you want the product to sort of eclipse you and take on a life of its own. And um, and I was very happy when it did. And now I'm really happy. I think the think first book now has an average of four point eight out of five stars. Excellent. Across all review forums. So I'm really proud of that. Really proud of that. Now, on the flip side, they're also because everything in balance, and we can't please all of the people all of the time, I'm assuming that somewhere a reader has picked up your book and not liked it. How have you dealt with that? No. No, not at all. Never happened. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, I think I think it's it's also, I, I look, it, it depends where it is. It depends. Um, they, they can be quite cutthroat. And um, however, entitled to their opinion, I think it's important not to dwell in that. Because you can't, you can't win. Uh, it's not something you can, res- you know. It's um, you can't respond to it. You should not respond to it. <laughs> oh, you should not. <laughs> um, do does it does it hit you in the feels? Yeah. Um, if it's qualified, if it's qualified, and some things you can look at it with a sense of curiosity and go, okay, well, you know, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but you know, someone you also because it's an open forum, it's that wonderful thing called the internet. You know, you you're basically inviting anyone. So um, yeah, I, I take it on the chin. You take the the, the the good with the bad, and yeah, roll with it. Just roll with it. Yeah, I've got to say that there's some people out there that pick a book up which is obviously not their genre. It's something that they wouldn't normally read. They don't like it. Why they've gone down the pathway to buy it and then go, well, this isn't what I usually read and I don't like it. Well, thanks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's like, um, you know, I, I had, um, I think after the, about a few months after the initial release, I had a review from a, um, from a, a particular book reviewer in um, the States who typically reviews and has wrote um, romance novels. There is absolutely nothing romantic <laughs> about what we do at all. Um, so as much as, you know, she wasn't scathing, but it wasn't good. But then again, you know, that's like me picking up a, a Mills and Boone and having a read and giving a review. It's about finding your ground, finding your, your finding your people, yeah, you know, people. Some people will like your voice; they will appreciate where you're coming from, and they'll associate with it. Other people, no, and then that's okay. That's okay. It's just how it is. 
It's interesting you say the one thing that all authors shouldn't be doing is responding to those negative reviews. You just mm-hmm. you take it on the chin and you move on. But as you say, with a 4.8 average review, Lit has been very, very well received by the yeah. audience out there. Um, and they're no doubt looking forward to the second. So when do you think the second will be coming out? And then again, when do you think the third will bring the trilogy to a close? Well, I'm, push, I'm pushing now for October. Um, it's, uh, I actually do write quite quickly, um, when I'm, and I've, um, I mean, the first book I finished in five months. Um, so I'm hoping to, to, oh, go over this one's going to be a little bigger. Um, so I'm hoping by October. Very good. Uh, the, the third instalment, I will give myself time in between the second and the third, (laughs) because it's a big job. Um, but I do hope by... I, I do hope by this time next year. But you already know the ending. You know I do. Page. Yeah. I do. But the work is in the details. <laughs> and that's, yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, so after the third one is out, looking far ahead, what's next for author Mark Anthony? I do have other projects that I'm very much interested in. I've um, there's there's always ideas, there's always new places to go. I would like to explore something a little bit, a little bit, a little bit different than the the lit world, because even though one book has been public, um, I sit in that space when I write the entire time. So um, I am, even though it would be, I, I think, yep, finish the trilogy. And then and have a think about other things that I would I would want to do, definitely. When you were talking there about um, you've you've been in the lit world for quite a while and you're going to be in it for another year, mm-hmm. you obviously you don't have all of this information in your head. You must be researching certain things about the world that you're putting together. What's the most interesting uh, thing you've discovered in your research? I look. Um, Funny enough, the, 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 I think some of the hardest things to come up with um, for myself were creating things that didn't, and I had this fear of being contrived, of sounding contrived. Like I, so I trying to trying to come up with ideas and things that are unique. Um, and so I, a lot of it I revolved around um, looking at um, different psychological concepts, like for example the the uncanny van, um, valley. Uncanny Valley and um, and that serialism and the eeriness and atmospheric, um, rather than rely purely on on body horror of gore and heads rolling, of which there there is gore. It's appropriately placed gore, but um, a, a lot of the the most unsettling things um, is actually um, is is sitting in that space. So about creating atmosphere and so forth. I've learned a lot about writing technically, definitely, um, and I'm still learning about that now. Um, I've learned a lot about um, uh, different folklores, okay. making sure that I didn't follow particular tropes were really important. Um, staying away from tropes that people are getting tired of is really important. So, so we're not seeing your characters running into a church and exactly and i thought that was and that was why um i completely avoided the concept of 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 demons and heaven and hell and because that was it was it was lack of a better word it was too easy it was like well what's the what's the solution for that 
is you know you get some holy water and you 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 know you you put a crucifix on off you go um i didn't want it to be that simple or that contrived as all they're obviously but but funny enough people will still even the reviews refer to them as demons um but i've never called them that never <laughs> it's, an, it's an easy word to grasp if, if you haven't come up with an original um, and uh, speaking of originals um thank you ever so much for your time today um, well, I will excuse myself because in this interview, I am still getting over my COVID, so I hope yeah. my coughing hasn't destroyed too much. Um, but as we bring this to a close, we like to ask uh, 15 quickfire questions. Now, anybody that watched the Actors Studio or Stephen Colbert, there, there are some questionnaires already out there. We've taken some of those, we've moulded them together, and we've added our own little flavour. So are okay. you ready for some quickfire questions? Sure. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> right. Author Mark Anthony, what is your favourite book? Um, would probably be, embarrassing enough, The Prisoner of Azkaban by J.K. Rowling. Excellent. Loved it. What is your least favourite book? It was called, it was called Bear Cave or something, but I don't remember it because I never mm. read it since. Was that a fantasy or a, was it about animals? Or? Yeah, no, it was bizarre. Um, and I remember just trying to read it because um, it's one of those books that everybody tells you is great. So you sit down to read it and there's a few chapters and you're like, oh, this is rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, creativity or in any aspect, really, what turns you on? Oh, what turns me on? Michael Fassbender. No, no. Um, <laughs> Did I say no? Um, what ties me on? Probably uh, uh, ice lattes. Excellent. And what turns you off? Absence of ice lattes. <laughs> Absence of that. Very good. Um, summer or winter? Uh, winter for writing and summer for mood. Excellent. Um, on a completely free day that you can do anything you want, who do you spend it with? Usually myself, actually, because I don't get a lot of time by myself. So, yeah, those, those days are, are, are kind of special. Excellent. Uh, mountains or oceans? Mountains, because it's Australia and everything in the oceans will kill you. <laughs> um, Favourite movie? Kill Bill. And if you are only allowed to listen to one song or one track of music for the rest of your life, what's it going to be? Probably be Minuet by Bach. Okay. Who makes you laugh the most? My children. What smell do you love? Coffee. What smell do you hate? Coriander. Okay. Um, <laughs> Other than the professions that you've done, and that includes nursing and writing, what would you like to do? Oh, screenwriter, screenplays. Okay, other than writing, we'll, we'll, oh, I'll, I'll force you. Other than being writer, writing, that just talk my way through it? Um, probably a, a pilot or something okay. like that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. definitely different. Um, yeah. And what profession would you definitely not like to do? Podiatrist. <laughs> Sorry to any podiatrist that's watching this. I, I don't get it. But yeah, podiatrist. You say that like you've been around podiatrists enough to know that you definitely don't want to do that. 
I choose not to be. <laughs> <laughs> and if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you get there? Uh, yeah, turn around, you're going back. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> hey, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you ever so much Thank for you, taking Mark. part in Book Realities. I look forward to the second edition of Lip coming up. Thank you so much. Take care. No worries. All the best. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.